Hello, and welcome to the recap by Dive Collective. Over the next few minutes, we're going to hit the highlights of the last week's reading from our reading plan. Annika and I are excited to invite you along as we read through the Bible together. You can find our reading plan at divecollective.org. It's a free download when you sign up for our newsletter. We know that some of you love the accountability of a checklist, while others thrive from the freedom to join in whenever your schedule allows. The recap is intended to meet all of those needs. So whatever category you fit into, just know we're excited to have you here with us today. Welcome back to the recap. This is the July 9th episode. We have moved a book. We're in Joshua still. Uh, We moved into Jeremiah and we are still in Psalms. I think we only have like one more week of Psalms. Yeah, we're close. We finish those up next week and then we go back to the New Testament, Mm. which will be fun. Yes. Is that what so, happens after Psalms? Where do we go, Matthew? After Psalms, we got to... No, we've already read the Gospels. I totally couldn't read Matthew. I was thinking, oh, we'll get to start. We start in Acts. Go to Acts. Yes, which yes. is a fun one. Acts is a fun one. Yes. But I forgot just how... Um, Josh was not an easy book to read. Oh, And I no. remember we talked about that last year, and I just forgot. In my head, it's like, oh, Joshua. Yep. He blows a horn and the walls fall down, but yeah. it's not, it's not all Sunday school stories for sure. It is not. Okay. So this was something that I forgot about in five is when they end up circumcising the rest of all of the Israelites that hadn't been, I forgot that they hadn't just been doing it all along. Like in my mind, once it was instituted, they just did it. Yep. But I think this is where now it, now they just do it. Right. Did we say this again last year too? Like how many of these things that were like, this is the first right. time I've read this. Right. I'm like, did we actually have <laughs> Will it ever comment? sink in? Yeah, yeah, we probably did. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing neither one of us missed it since we both caught it this time. Yeah. But yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, wait, what? And then I don't remember why. Like, did why did they stop? Were they told well, to stop? So I don't think they were told to stop. It almost makes it seem... Yeah, I have a lot of questions because when you read Moses's law, like he talks about any outsider that comes in has to be yeah. circumcised. Like this is very much a sign of the covenant. So why were they not circumcising the children that were born along the way? Because that's what that's who gets circumcised here. It's all people that were born along the way as they wandered through Israel or wandered through the wilderness for 40 years after that initial time when God first set it up. Yep. But we know people were circumcised along the way because foreigners came in. And slaves and that sort of thing. So, okay. So here's the other thing. There's also, this is the group of people that gets to go to the promised land. Like everybody else has died off. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that was kind of like a separation. Like like a fresh. Yes. That almost new start. I don't think God told them to do it this way, but I wonder if God allowed it to happen this way so that it was very clear what group was going into the promised land. The people that had not been there at the beginning i don't know yeah i don't know i don't know either but i did notice that as well i was thinking about how we were studying jacob in genesis and we haven't even gotten to it yet in our genesis study but i looked at it because i had our i've done the devotions for that study Mm -hmm. so studying jacob i was i noticed that there was a time where jacob you or jacob's sons use um circumcision to Mm -hmm. harm a group of people yeah so they can be um, we in a weakened state and then they can go mm-hmm. and overtake them. 
anyway, that was kind of in the back of my mind when we came right. on this. And I was like, this is kind of cool that like God like has like yep. totally protected them. Like these mm -hmm. people are terrified of them because this entire nation that everybody's afraid of is mm -hmm. now in this fully weakened state for, I don't know how long it takes to heal a circumcision, but I'm yeah. sure it's not overnight. And that like God, God has them, like he's gone before them again, like that, just that there's kind of that theme in my life right now where you see like God goes before and he takes mm -hmm. care of things ahead of time, but mm -hmm. they don't even know he's taking care of. Right. Because uh, did it occur to them that they were going to be like, if somebody came against them, that they were completely vulnerable to right. full on. Anyway, that's one of the things. I and mean, I bet it did. Yeah. I'm sure that, cause they know Jacob, like they know the story of, I mean, Israel, if, Israel knows anything. I mean, they, they know their story. Right now, they do for sure. You're right. Good right. Yeah. So I'm sure they were familiar with the story of Jacob's sons and what happened. Like that's, it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. So then another phrase that stuck out to me and I was like, there's Jesus. Well, hello there. We're so glad you're following along with us on the recap. We wanted to invite you to study Jacob with us this summer. We have been going through the book of Genesis this year and our next eight week study is on the life of Jacob. We'll be meeting all of June and July on Tuesdays live, or you can join the network and get all of our previous studies for free via podcast. No matter what, we're just glad that you're joining us in the word of God. Now let's get back to the recap. I, I don't know why it only popped out to me. Maybe it's this version that I'm reading, but in chapter five, verse nine, it said, then the Lord said to Joshua today, I have rolled away the disgrace of Egypt from you for whatever reason. It made me think mm. of the stone that's rolled away. Mm -hmm. Like that when that stone was rolled away, the disgrace, all of our disgrace mm. was taken from us. I, I must've just been in that mindset because then there were a couple other times where I noticed that they put Kings in caves and rolled stones mm -hmm. in front of them as their burial or like they killed them and then they just piled them on top of st or piled stones on top mm -hmm. of them and um and they used they kept them in there the five kings they kept them in there uh -huh. until they could deal with them basically mm -hmm. yeah and then killed them and then left them left. Mm -hmm. that's how they buried them and so i was just kind of thinking about our king jesus and how he was put in a in a cave and mm -hmm. a stone was rolled in front of it thinking it was done for final right and then God was like, mm -mm. yeah, not this king. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, not this king. Uh, I don't know why, but I just love their faithfulness to Rahab. Mm -hmm. um, and I like the words that they brought. It says that they took the young men, who, the young men who had scouted went in and brought out Rahab. So Joshua sends the same men that knew her that had a relationship mm -hmm. with her. They brought out Rahab and her father, mother, brothers, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her whole family and settled them outside the camp of Israel. Can you imagine? Well, first, I love the word settled them, that they like, mm -hmm. like the hospitality in there, that they were just kind of like, here, come on, come be safe. Mm -hmm. But I was trying to imagine what it was like when they were in the house, when they rolled the, the scarlet thread out and they sat in the house where they like, oh, I hope they remember I hope yeah. Able to their yes. And then when they went back, if there was relief that they were all there. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yes. That's cool. On both parts. That mm -hmm. like, yeah. Right. And for Rahab, you're saying for Rahab that she yes. was saying, I hope they remember. And the, I hope and they the tell everybody. Mother, like she literally yeah. gathered all these people and they're like, man, I hope that this, like, this yep. is our, this is our salvation. Yeah. Right. The people of God are right. salvation. Yeah. And even just like the phrase, one of the phrase that's, phrases that stuck out to me was 
when Joshua tells them, the men who had gone, to go and get her just as they had promised her. And so just even that little picture of like thinking about Rahab coming in. So mine doesn't say this, but yours says they settled her outside the city. But like, I wonder, I mean, well, she, okay, but they, she marries, you know what I mean? Like she's in the lineage. So she becomes part in, at least in some way of this house of prominent people. Right. And so to think about even just her learning about who God is and that he keeps his promises and then having that tangible example of, I don't know. I just, and the people and the people are the ones like the people represent God to her. Right. These foreigners, like these are the people that are like, we, like we are the people of a God who keeps his promises. Mm -hmm. We're the people of a God you can count on. And yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So then Joshua is just a bloody mess. Yep. Right. His whole job. And I mean, when you think about it, Joshua's job, like he's taken over Moses's job, but they do two completely things, you know, like Moses is just leading the people through the wilderness. Joshua is getting them into the promised land, which involves getting rid of all the people that are already there. Mm-hmm. And so all of them, all of them, last one of them. Yeah. And then I don't know, we could, I don't know if we're ready to wrap up Joshua, but I love this, how it ends. Our reading here ends after this, the land had rest from war. Yes, I know. That is a nice, I don't, which made me think what else happens? in Joshua. So I also, in chapter eight, chapter eight is when they set up that, they set up an altar of stones. And at the very end, Joshua reads out everything written in the revelation, the blessing and the curse, everything in the book of the revelation, which is what we've just read. Mm -hmm. Like Moses's whole spiel at the end of his life, Joshua reads all of it. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a word that Moses commanded that Joshua didn't read to the entire congregation, which I just was thinking about I mean, that's what he was commanded to do. Like the Israelites are commanded to read this and remember it and go over it. But at this point, they're kind of, they're celebrating and worshiping because Mm -hmm. they're taking the land that God's given them. And that's the way that they do it. They sit and they read. And to think about like, just that reminder after God's protected them when they all get circumcised. Mm -hmm. And then after that whole thing with Achan, when they don't follow God's instruction, they see God's discipline. And then when they do go back and do it again and go into AI, he goes with them and gives them a plan and they defeat. So just seeing like they've just experienced a couple of really specific situations where God is doing exactly what he said he would do mm-hmm. in that whole revelation that he gave to Moses. And so just how That's so good, That's I don't so know, good. that would have been a lot just, yes, to sit with all of that, all of them for all, they were all equal parts in it, even though like the men went out and fought, I'm actually struck by the ending of it, where it says there was not a word of Mm -hmm. all that Moses had commanded that Joshua did not read before the entire assembly of Mm -hmm. Israel, including the women, the dependents and the resident aliens who lived Mm -hmm. among them. The women and dependents were hopeful and waiting to see if it was all going to Mm -hmm. happen. And then it did all happen just like it was said that it was going to happen. And now they're all, they're all hearing it. They're all hearing, like you said, like the word that said it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're going, and it did. Like we just right. witnessed it. Right. All this thing that he's been telling, he told us was going to happen from Abraham. Like we're here. It's like happened. this is our generation. Yeah. Which makes me think of like, man, I want to be the generation where Jesus comes, you know? Yeah. Like how great will that be? They were, they are literally like, we're the generation. We're the generation yeah. that's going we're, into the promised we land. We get to see this first. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's happening. Crazy. 
Yeah, that's cool. I love that. Now I'm ready to go to Psalms. Okay. <laughs> Where'd we start? We are in Psalm 132 through 144. I just loved, I really loved the Psalms this week. I, the word footstool came up in 132. Mm. verse seven, which made me think of what you were talking about last week, mm-hmm. about the earth being his footstool and how he's going to restore it. 133 totally made me think very specifically of my children, but then also of the church. It says how wonderful, how beautiful. Actually, I wonder how, what this might be a totally different translation. How wonderful, how beautiful when brothers and sisters get along. It's like costly anointing oil flowing down head and beard, flowing down Aaron's beard, flowing down the collar of his priestly robes. Um, yes. I mean, it's really easy for me to immediately think that like, I mean, when my kids get along, like there's nothing better than that, but also the church, I love 136. I just love the rhythm of it. And the, you know, what struck me about 136 that I've never seen before. Although I probably have, if you go back to last year, I've probably talked about last year too, but I love that. It's not that God's faithfulness endures forever. It's not that his word endures forever. It's not that he endures forever. It's not that his creation endures forever. It's not that his majesty endures forever. It's his faithful love endures forever Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. His faithful love endures forever. I, I, yep. I love that you compared it to other things that could be in there. I haven't thought of it exactly that way before. His faithful love endures forever. Right. Because there, I mean, any of those things that you said could also be in there, Yeah. but the fact that this is what is emphasized here is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, 137 is so sad. Mm-hmm. And so like, especially because we're reading about Jeremiah. that. Yeah. Yes. Like, I actually read Jeremiah first and then I read that and I was like, oh, I know that hurts. Yep. That they've been taken Mm -hmm. into exile and they're asking them to sing them their songs. I was actually just thinking, man, like this is like such like natural consequences. (laughs) Like where God is like, not only are you going to be taken captive, but in the midst of your captivity, I'm going to demand, I'm going to have them demand that you sing them the songs about my faithfulness and who, what I've done for you. Like they're basically saying, sing us the songs of Zion. And so like they're in captivity, having to sing the songs of like what God has done for them and who he made them to be and how much he loves them. And, and they're like, how, yeah, I skimmed right over that. That is painful. That's like total natural. Like, that's just totally like, just feel this for a moment kids right like this think about what you've done think about right where you are because of your choices yes you've forgotten me you've forgotten me and now you're going to remember me in your exile yeah who you could have had what you could have had what you should have had yeah he's so good I remember we were talking the other day Jeff and I this is one of the moments where I was like crying about what I was going like what we Mm -hmm. were dealing with and Jeff is like what did he say he was like, why do you think that God lets us just like, what did he say? Why do you think God just like lets us go astray like this to bring us back? And I was like, because it's just the cycle. It's like the cycle that he set up from the very beginning is mm-hmm. like, he proves himself faithful. 
we get our bellies full. I think I just been reading about De- Deuteronomy where he's like mm-hmm. telling Moses, like you're going to be not even cold in the grave. Right. Before they are like full and they're enjoying their houses and they've forgotten me. Mm-hmm. And then he goes after them and then we get full and happy and then we forget him. And then he goes after mm-hmm. us. Like, it's just this. And, and he the, set it up that way. He, he set, set it up, up that way. And the fact, I forget where I must've written. I thought I wrote it out on the side in Joshua. It must've been in Jeremiah, but that repentance is all wrapped up in that. That like all of those, God set it up that way and our, his chasing after us and our repentance, that's what brings us back to him. Mm-hmm. And, and it's relation. It's so relational. Like so that repentance relational. is what, is what he's after because mm-hmm. he wants the relationship with us. Yes. That's why it happens that way. Yeah. And it's interesting, like in Psalm 138, it's a little different, I think, because it's a different, I don't know exactly when these are all written, but this is David now. Um, so this is before Babylon takes them, right? Mm-hmm. David is long before that, but David is going back and thanking him for his love and his faithfulness again. So like you've got, is it 136? Yeah. 136 where they're like his steadfast love endures forever. And then you have 137 where they're, they're in misery. Mm-hmm. And then 138 where David's thanking God for his steadfast love and his faithfulness again. And the fact that the yeah. moment he calls out to him, he steps in with strength. And so just like that whole cycle that we see in, in where we are in Joshua and so much in Psalms and the prophets of, and so this is another thing that I thought of when we were in Jeremiah this week, but it ties into this, just that whole idea that it's a result of their choices, that all of this disaster is a result of them choosing to turn away from God. Yes. And yet he pursues them and brings them back because he promised that he would. Yes. Anyway. He does it. He accomplishes it. He does it. He accomplishes it all. All right. There's a lot of other things in there. Can we move on to Jeremiah? Yes, let's move on. We started and we finished up Isaiah. So Isaiah 65 through Jeremiah 5. And I just love Jeremiah. I like the words um, in chapter 1, verse 8. God is basically reassuring Jeremiah, don't be afraid of anyone for I will be with you to rescue you. This is the Lord's declaration. And so I just love that Jeremiah, the Lord says that to Jeremiah. Um, We saw that Moses and God saying that to Joshua over and over Mm, and over again. mm -hmm. And that's exactly what Jesus says Mm -hmm. to us over and over and over again. Don't be afraid. I will be with you. He's talking about all the persecution that they're going to face. And he's like, I'm, I will be with you. And that is our Holy Spirit that's constantly with us, giving us all the courage and words we need. Mm-hmm. And even specifically, sorry, we used to, I feel like I just interrupted you. I just said to do what we're called to do. I was just wrapping up. Okay. It says, this translation says, I'll tell you what to say and you'll say it. Like that's a specific, that idea of the words, like Jesus specifically says that to his disciples when yes. they're going out. Don't worry about what you're going to say. The spirit will give you those words. Sometimes we think of the old Testament, the way that God works in the old Testament being so separate and different from the way that he works in the new Testament. And there are a lot of things that are different because it's a shadow of it, but he's the same God, right? He's the same God. I think that's, I remember I was telling me, I think I was telling my sister-in-law this when she was here, that's something over the past few years. And I think it's a combination of a lot of several things. I think part of it is just my relationship, my relationship with you and the way that we approach scripture and our relationship with God a little bit differently. And just the time I've spent reading, I have a much, have a broader, um, I don't know if understanding or I don't know what the word is, but 
there were so many years where it was like, God doesn't work that way anymore. Like he did, he works that way in the Old Testament, but he doesn't work. And he does like, he still does supernatural, completely unexplainable things. And I feel like I spent a lot of years of my life, either not seeing it or maybe not believing it, like maybe Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, Oh, that's a nice story, but Mm -hmm. I have a completely different appreciation for what people say God has done in them and for them. And I'm grateful for that. Like there, especially recent, like I've heard stories recently from people that, and I've thought if they told me that 10 years ago, I probably would have rolled my eyes. Like seriously, that's so which sad. is terrible. I know it's yeah. awful, but I'm right, really though. grateful that I've got, it's like, I, I feel like I have a bigger, God is bigger to me mm-hmm. now than he was before. He was in a box. Yeah. And I definitely still like my boxes. Don't get me wrong, but I can't determine or know or fully comprehend how God is going to work. Yeah. That's not my job to do. Yeah. Our job is literally to stand in awe. Yes. Watch and be awed. Um, In Jeremiah 2, it made me, it totally made me think of C.S. Lewis. Do you know that C.S. Lewis quote? He's talking about like we settle for we settle for mud pies in a slum because we don't know what a vacation at the sea is like. And so he, the point he's making is that as believers, we're far too easily pleased. Like yeah. we go, we find all these little tiny like earthly idols because because we're easily pleased. When we have the God of the universe, we just miss it, you know. Yes. So in verse. 12 and verses 12 and 13, it says, my people have committed a compound sin. They've walked out on me, the fountain of fresh flowing waters, and then dug cisterns, cisterns that leak, cisterns that are no better than sieves. So just thinking about like Israel's, they're too easily pleased. Like they have had got the God of the universe, lead them out of slavery and protect them and do all of these things, give them living water. And they've traded it in for worthless things but I mean that's we do that all the time we just don't have it written down for the world to read Jeremiah will always be really precious to my heart because of that passage in Jeremiah 15 that we're going to come to I don't know next week or the week after Um, and what made me think of it as you're talking about that living water he was talking about the living water that we're that we're exchanging for these broken cisterns. Mm -hmm. And there's a line in that passage in Jeremiah where he says, you truly have become like a mirage to me, water that is not reliable like that. Like, uh, and just, I just remember so vividly praying that and like thinking that when we were listening to the woman at the, the story of the Samaritan woman and Jesus claiming to be living water. And I just remember sitting in church, listening to that going, I mean, I believe in Jesus and I'm pretty parched like really parched. Mm. Like this is not, he's not really feeling much like living water mm. and I love him. That hasn't changed. So like, what's the deal, you know? Yeah. Anyway, that's what made me think of it. But then, so since I'm already thinking about it, I wanted to say that there's these words that he says, and I don't, I, this, I'm not making a point here. I'm just bringing the correlation up in the end of chapter one. In verse 18, it says, today, I am the one who has made you a fortified city, an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land. 
against the, the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and its population. They will fight against you, but never prevail over you since I am with you to rescue you. He says that, what's the word for that? Have made, I have made you. It's um, perfect. Past perfect. Okay. So then at the end of this verse, that means so much to me, chapter 15, verse 20, that we're going to come to. I just found it interesting that it says, then I will make you a fortified wall of bronze to this people. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you for I am with you to save you and rescue you. Mm -hmm. So just that, like, again, I think last week we were talking a little bit about the tenses and how they change, mm -hmm. but I just find it interesting at the very first interaction, God's like, I will make you like, I have made you a fortified It's done. Wall. Right. Yeah. But here with Jeremiah, Jeremiah is in this place of desperation where he's just miserable. And he's like, you're not you're not reliable. You're not the living water that you say you are, that he was just talking about that you were just saying here. And he's going, I'm not just, he's feeling the same things that I feel in, mm -hmm. which are like, I know you're living water, but I sure as heck don't I feel don't it right feel now. It. So yeah. who that, like, what the heck is going on? And then God says to Jeremiah. And for me, this is such a, I like the NSA, the NASB version says, um, if you extract the precious from the worthless, I will make you my spokesman. I think here it says, if you return, I will take you back. You will stand in my presence. And if you speak noble words rather than worthless ones, you'll be my spokesman. It is they who must return to you. You must not return to them. Then I will make you a fortified wall of bronze. So it just is like God had already established it. This is what he, this is what he had already done with Jeremiah before Jeremiah had even begun. But then God brings him to this place of just deep sadness and desperation. And he's saying, now, if you take this lesson that I'm teaching you right now, I will make you this thing that mm -hmm. I have already made you mm -hmm. and called you and set you apart. It makes me think of Paul, the way Paul was saying, I was chosen and set apart for this calling before I was even formed in my mother's womb. Anyway, I just think that's like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Those tenses are really cool. Jeremiah in general is just, he is an agonized, he's an agonizing, he's in agony over this over what he sees coming. He knows it's coming. Mm -hmm. He's actually hearing the ram's horn blast mm -hmm. and they don't know what's coming. And he's just, he's the bearer of terrible news. Mm -hmm. Verse nine, chapter four, verse 19, my anguish, my anguish, I writhe in agony. Oh, the pain in my heart, my heart pounds. I cannot be silent for you. My soul have heard the sound of the ram's horn, the shout mm -hmm. of battle. Disaster after disaster is reported because the whole land is destroyed. He's speaking. I mean, he sees it all. That's what's crazy. That's what's crazy about this, this type of prophetic word, which is future oriented is that like, he's, he, it's like, he's in the middle of it. He feels it all. And he sees it all as, as mm -hmm. if it's happening right now. And he has to declare it, hoping that they'll repent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is where though, what I was talking about before that whole repentance thing in chapter three, um, God tells Jeremiah, Go and preach this message, which is turn back, fickle Israel. I'm not just hanging back to punish you. I'm committed in love to you. My anger doesn't seethe, seethe nonstop. Just admit your guilt. Admit your God defiance. Yes. So that right, makes me think of that Psalm that we were talking about, how you said that's like his steadfast love endures forever. Like that's the other thing that he points out here, that he's committed in love to them. Yes. And it's not... All they need to do is repent. Yes. That's the recap. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the recap. If you enjoyed this discussion and maybe you're wondering how to get more highlights out of your own scripture reading, 
you might be interested in joining our in-depth Bible studies where we model our version of inductive Bible study. You can find out more at divecollective.org and we will see you next week.